This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ray Rothrock, and uh, he is playing in a very interesting space, cybersecurity. His company is called Red Seal, and their network modeling and risk scoring platform is the foundation for enabling enterprise networks to be resilient to cyber events. Government agencies and global 2000 companies rely on Red Seal to help them improve their overall security posture, accelerate incident response, and increase the productivity of their security and network teams. Ray, are you ready to take us to the top? You bet. Will All do. right. And you're do- I should add, you're doing this at scale. You signed one of the largest multi-year contracts on this thing for $31 million back in 2016. We'll jump into that here in a second. But first, tell us what Red Seal does and what's your business model? Is it pure SaaS? Sure. Uh, our uh, business model is perpetual and SaaS. We will sell you our, our software any way you want it. I like perpetual <laughs> revenue, by perpetual the way, license. Ray. That sounds great. Yeah. Perpetual revenue works good, too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll do it any way you want. What Red Seal does is risk scoring based on the network model that our software builds. Uh, before Red Seal, I was a VC for 25 years at Benrock, and I did a bunch of cyber deals. I did 15 cyber deals, in fact. And those times were all about prevention, detection, and stopping things. Well, in the last four or five years, the world is anything but prevented and detected everything. In fact, most attacks are inside now. They're already happening as we speak. So my thought process from looking at Red Seal, I knew what it did because I was an investor in it originally. I said, why don't we take this and start to address the issue of investigation, investigation, remediation. The average time from detection to remediation is 200 days. That's too long. A lot of bad things can happen to you. Look what happened to Equifax, just to throw a few names out there. So it's all about information, knowledge. That's through the modeling. And the score, we score your vulnerabilities, we score your network, and you can tell every time you run Red Seal, did you make it better or did you make it worse? So we've taken what's a very nerdy, technical, very complex subject and tried to simplify it to numbers that executives can understand. That's what Red Seal does. And generally speaking, you're playing in the enterprise space. What's the average enterprise paying you per year, would you say? Your average ACV? Average ACV? Well, let me explain we land into a deal, and then maybe over two or three years, we expand into that deal. You refer to that $31 million deal. We have several very large deals. It started small, maybe $100,000, $200,000. But over time, you get to the scale you're talking about, it's usually 4 or $5 million a year. So just to, of, uh, just, to map, just to map that out, Ray, it's fair to say today an average first-year ACV for you might be two hundred grand, And then what yeah, do you see expansion in year one and expansion in year two averages being? We've gotten some up to $3 million. We had one go to $11 million in the fourth year. So it, it just varies on how quickly the product is adopted into the network. Fair enough. And how many customers are you serving today? About 240. 
240? Uh, mostly all global 2000 and federal. We have uh, every intel agency, all of the DOD, their services, and many of the civilian agencies are our customers. Yep. Now, Back in 2017, well, not back in 2017, earlier this year in February, uh, in a in a in an article yeah. you guys put on your blog, you had mentioned your cash flow positive in the fourth quarter of 2016 to the tune of five million bucks. That's five million to the bottom line. Yes, sir. That's a, that's cash a cash flow. Yes, that, that feels good, yeah, right? It, it, yeah, it sure does. <laughs> now, Just, are you? You, I, ima- I imagine, I imagine, obviously, the company has raised capital. In fact, first off, real quick, I have to ask this: Your last name is Rothrock. Are you related? In it? Were you one of the founders of Enrock? I uh, wish no. The <laughs> Rockefeller family was the founders of Enrock. Got it. Okay, so you were a VC there. You had invested back in 2014. Actually, you put out a right. thing on SecurityCurrent.com where you'd said the company had grown to 80 employees and 20 million in 2013 revenue. When did you decide to personally jump into the company? Uh, in February of 14, I joined uh, to take the company in a new direction with the existing technology. Okay, and, and what was So I've la- been there almost four years. Four years. And what was, uh, what was launch right. date for the company? Launch date for the company would have been RSA 2015. Well, let me rephrase it. Say July, July of 2015. That's when we issued and showed the world our digital resilience. Which oh, is it. this method of knowing if you're if you're good or not? So you joined in 2014 and relaunched the company in 2015. Like, or I, what I was getting at is, what was the first year the company was in existence? Yeah. Oh, 2004. Okay. Uh, the company was uh, me and another fellow, Pete Sinclair, another venture capitalist, put the company together on the thesis that complex networks were going to become complex and firewalls would not be understandable by human beings. We were so right. On one hand, we were so wrong on just how complex they would become enormously complex. So uh, we grew the company for about 10 years. It kind of flatlined a little bit and then uh, the world changed. Yep. Target, target happened. What did it, what did it flatline at? Do you mind me asking? Was it flatline around that 20, $25 million uh, AR just mark? A, just a, uh, yeah. Under 20 million. Yeah. 17 or 18, something like that. Okay. And then today with 240 customers and an average first year ACV of called 200 grand, it's fair to say you guys are past a $48 million run rate, right? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, or around uh, we'll, there. We'll do, we'll, we'll do forty million this year. It's still kind of lumpy because uh, some of our deals are quite large. Most of our deals are average, as you point out. But we'll do we'll do forty million this year. Okay, and what is that up over okay. from from December twenty sixteen run rate? Thirty thirty three. Oh, that's great. That's 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 good 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 growth. Now, I imagine you've funded that. Yeah. You've raised capital, right? How much have you raised total? Uh, all in $75 million. Uh, most of that was raised before I became CEO. We've raised a little bit since I've been CEO. Okay. And it sounds like you haven't needed to raise. What changes did you make to go from burning cash to pumping <laughs> out 5 million in free cash show in three months in the fourth quarter of 2016? Well, as say, you can either raise the bridge or lower the water. And I did a little of both. Uh, uh, we rebuilt the sales force to get the bridge up higher, and we cut our burn rate and uh, started rebuilding back in once once we got the cash balanced to our ability to sell. Then we started growing again, and now growth in the top line, I can follow it with the bottom line or with the expense line. So what, do you, what have you optimized now? What's your net margin tip in a typical month? Oh, well, we're, it, like I said, it depends. Last month, the margin was fantastic. It was nearly 100%. Uh, we we uh, we did uh, quite a lot last quarter. Not Wait, month, what is quarter. that? What we does that mean? What is a hundred percent net margin? You take a hundred percent of your revenue to the bottom well, line. We, we we I I brought. I, uh, let me re- no. 
I brought in, uh, I, I'm not going to tell you the number per se, but uh, I brought in twice as much in business in Q3 than I spent on expenses, two times. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. You're pulling a lot of these. So if I made, yeah, if I, if I, if I made $2, I only had a dollar of expense. And that's at the bottom line, not the gross margin, but the net margin of the company. Yep, yep, yep. You're, you're taking 50 cents on the dollar to the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, uh, what is the, so, okay, good. That's helpful to understand. And help me understand, I want to understand the, the size of your engineering team, because obviously this sure. space is heavily reliant on engineering. What's your total team size today and how many are engineers? We have 145 people in the company. About half are in the field in sales, service, and field engineering. Uh, the other half is at headquarters in Sunnyvale, and we have two engineering groups. We have a core engineering group that is 33 people, and we have a, a ecosystem integrations group. I can explain what that is, but they deal with our interactions with the rest of the world. That's 14, so 33 and 4, that's about 47, about almost 50 of the 70-ish that we have at headquarters for engineers. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use, www.thetopinbox.com. Now, before I talk more about where you see the kind of the space going and fire some questions at you, economics-wise, right? Sure. You have a, I imagine you have a high-touch, longer sales cycle, but very high ACV model versus the opposite, right? What is your what does your churn look like annually? Oh, uh, we're getting renewals of about ninety percent. So churns ten percent. In terms of logo or revenue, it's pretty good. Uh, revenue, revenue. Okay, uh, logo. Uh, we did. We did. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. No, what were teach us there? You were going to give us a lesson there about logo. Well, look, uh, the company had taken on some customers that it really had no business taking on. They were too small. They didn't have the internal resources on the product properly. And so they weren't getting the value out of it. And when we went to call for those renewals, they said, we don't understand why we need to renew because we're not getting anything out of it. I said, okay, fine. It was one way to cut down our burden, our support burden on these companies that, that really, they were sold something that was too complicated for them, honestly. Yep. So we've done a lot of rationalization. And uh, so I, I'd have to, I haven't done the logo uh, churn lately. It's practically zero. In fact, we're net growing again on logos. Um, and, I mean, I'm just thinking of anybody we've lost in the last, this year, none that I'm aware of logos we've lost. But we do have people that that uh, either they don't renew immediately or they renew six months later. And that's a definitional thing. 
Yep. But anyway, let me ask you another question. So your ability to grow and scale, like a lot of people will say the company that can spend the most to acquire a customer is the one that's going to win. Yeah. Now with a company like yours, when you have contracts now, I'm, this is obviously an outlier, but when you have $31 million contract, you could very rationally convince yourself and your management team that your customers are potentially worth over their lifetime, 30, 40, $50 million, which would lead you maybe to irrationally yeah. say we could spend one third of that on acquisition, right? How do you how do you get to a CAC number that you're comfortable with uh, without getting LTV, you know, being too crazy? Wow, that's a complicated question. So that customer uh, is DISA, and it is a five-year deal. Uh, so $31 million, five years. Uh, we probably spent uh, $2.5, $3 million to get that deal over two, three years. Um that's pretty exceptional. So what is it? That's 10 to one. Yep. <laughs> That's a pretty good ratio. Uh, most of our deals, uh, the $200,000 average deal, we make a little money there. It's the, it's the renewal or really the expansion where we make our money. Uh, I'm thinking of a financial company. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. Same sales guy, two year process. I don't know. Maybe that was a million dollars of, uh, yep. of expense to close and land it for two years. So it, I'm in a growth mode right now. It's just hard for me to say there is a number per se because we got so many people that are expanding and, and it's not a lost leader, but it's darn close. You're willing uh, in terms of that first bite of the apple. You're willing yeah. to spend up to as much as the first year of ACV uh, to acquire yeah. customers. Is that true? That's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. I have to think that through some more and I can think of a handful of deals where we spent way less and got the deal and I can think of a few where we spent way more. So yeah, probably on average, I'm yep. willing to spend it when the first year's, uh, yep. I'll say yes. I had to think that through. That's yeah. okay, Ray. Last question before we wrap up with the famous yeah. five, when you look at a company like no before, which has really come out of nowhere and it's very much the opposite approach to they're in obviously cybersecurity space. They sell it for 15 bucks a seat, but they've scaled really fast to 40 or 50 million in ARR. How do you look at a company like that, both in terms of the technical prowess of their solution and their growth strategy? Well, uh, that's, I don't know what the technology elements are per se, the installation and all that requirement. Uh, our software gets embedded into the fabric of the network, into the devices and everywhere. So it's a longer deployment cycle. So it's hard to compare that. Um, if they're doing sort of individual endpoint stuff, I can see where they could get that growth rate very fast. The, the biggest friction to deployment is uh, how embedded is the technology. There's a lot of soft, there's a lot of uh, cyber software that just sits in front of things. That's easy to install very quick. You download it, put it on a device and off you go. So that's how I think that can go fast. Ours yeah. is not that simple. Uh, last uh, One last question I just thought of. So one of the things you did when you came in is, it's interesting story because you joined a company that had a ton of funding. The fabric of the company was mm -hmm. spend money, make money for growth. You came in and kind of really changed that. You said, let's get to cash flow positive as quickly as possible. One of the ways that you did that is you took gross margin in 2016 from, or, or in 2015 from 77% up to 86% according to a press release you guys put out. What above the line things did you cut to drive that growth and gross margin? Oh, marketing for sure. No, no, gross uh, margin well, though. Gross so this margin. is cost of goods oh, sold. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, many of our most of our customers were deploying this on hardware, and sort of in that time period, the world went virtual, and so no longer are we shipping hardware. Although I'll be quick to tell you, some of the companies you'd be amazed at some of these most cutting edge companies are buying our hardware, and it affects unfortunately it affects the gross margin, but mostly it's the virtual virtualization of the technology so a lot so so Save some companies still want we do have some companies still want on-prem what yeah, you've done do. is you've changed your sales cycle where people are more comfortable with virtualization you don't have that hardware expense and your gross margin increases by nine points yeah it did and you'd be amazed at who wants hardware. <laughs> I was. I was surprised. All right, Ray. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. These are quick answers. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book? Oh, well, it's the movie Apollo 13. <laughs> That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Oh, besides myself. Um, you know, I've worked with 70 CEOs in my life, and uh, Gil Schwed of Checkpoint, I still follow and watch how he thinks. Yes. Number three, what's your, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool for growing or managing the business? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, I'm in charge, you know, I'm, uh, a re I'm, my job is to resource the company, so LinkedIn yep. would be my favorite tool. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Me? Yes. Oh, five. Okay. Four and a half, five, something like that. And Ray, what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Uh, I'm married to a, a wonderful woman of 30 years, and I have a son, 27 years old. Okay, so one son, and uh, how old are you, Ray? I am 62. All right, last question. But I act like I'm 52. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty cool in my book. Last question. Take us back 42 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that there would be a PC. <laughs> so when I got out of college, I, I wish I'd have known that a PC was coming. I, my first job was as an engineer. We worked on mainframes, and I had no idea this thing called a PC would happen. That's funny. There you guys have it from Ray. He wishes he knew that a PC was coming. So listen, he got familiar with this space by working at Venrock, right, as a VC. He invested in Red Seal, got close to the company, and yes. then eventually in 2015 joined the company full-time and did some amazing things. He brought gross margin up nine points, not always easy to do. He made a cash flow positive to the tune of $5 million to the bottom line in the fourth quarter of 2016. They're now about to break $40 million in annual recurring revenue, up from $33 million a year earlier. So healthy growth rates, no additional capital needed. Again, growing quickly with healthy unit economics. Ray, thank you for taking us to the top. You bet, Nathan. Thank you. Pleasure to meet you.